With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. I like, I like the super bad idea, though. <laughs> super bad. Oh, dude, super bad goes back a long time. It's uh, It can be dangerous, though, because you set it up, and the next thing you know, like, uh, three days has gone by and you haven't really done much. I did have. Still, you still don't have to answer to anyone though. Yeah, I, 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 a friend of mine. He. I mean, you guys got kids, so. Yeah, he lived. He lived in a house with no air conditioning, so the basement was significantly cooler than the rest of the house, right? And so, in the middle of yeah. summer, him and his wife would just set the bed up downstairs in the basement. And they just put it on the floor in the basement, and and it would, yeah. it would stay there for weeks on end, and and they would just like lounge out in the basement. It's the coolest part of the house, right? So, yeah, I see this. I feel you. And if I can set a super bet up, I will. Besser's wide open. Gets the puck. Tours! That's the only reason I do these podcasts is so I can hear all those amazing things about myself. So thanks for having me, and uh, now I'm signing off. I am uh, honored, thrilled. This is uh, one of the greatest achievements of my life. I literally, I, I, I showered and I combed my hair for you. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Everybody, welcome to a special PP1 podcast. All the votes are in, all the polls are closed. This is going to be an amazing PP1 podcast. That is what the verdict is, folks. Brady, Ted, Ryan, we're all here for you. We're ready to talk Canucks hockey. First and foremost, out in Van City. Brady, what's going on, buddy? Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Election day. I can't believe it's been four years since the last one already. Um, I was uh, I was blackout in Mexico when Donald Trump got elected. So, you know, here we are now, uh, ready to do the PP1 podcast. Did you say you were blackout in Mexico? Oh, I was. Yeah, I was there for a wedding with uh, with a good friend of mine. I was just a plus one. So, uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. And you were blackout. <laughs> oh, about half the time I was there, I'd say. <laughs> How old were you? Yeah. What's four well, years that ago? Was How old four are you now? Years ago, I was I was twenty three. Oh yeah, that seems like a yeah. good time to like. What a time to be alive, twenty three. 
blackout in Mexico. The margs were flowing. Indestructible. Somebody's yeah, was, plus one, no commitment. It was a good time back then, you know? Back before <laughs> Trump was elected president. Yeah. How was the was next day? Oh, well. You're, you're, you've done okay for yourself, bud. Ted, <laughs> welcome to the man cave. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah. I um, feel like we're about to talk about Keith Schwetty or something. I feel like that kind of intro out of it. Know. <laughs> hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's a, it's a weird night there. I mean, they're... Like Brady said, they're 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 casting votes right now. Over the all the counting's being done. We re- we really have no clue. Some of the some of the states are being figured out on the fly, but we're not going to know for a couple days yet. It feels like, but uh, whatever. We're just, in the Canadian uh, bubble. Yeah, yeah, just just uh, don't fuck it up, U.S. We're you know what? What's the worst that could happen? So, but you know what? We don't want to talk about the U.S. and we don't want to talk about you know the election and all that. Like. You know, we're going to talk about that for another four years. So um, tonight we got some awesome stuff. We're going to be breaking down uh, Travis Green and why he doesn't have a contract yet. Uh, we're going to talk about Ted's uh, workout sesh with uh, Big Tuna, Jake, um, in Kelowna here. And I'm a little, you know, a little flustered why he wasn't working out with Myers. Was Myers there? We'll get into that. Um, we're probably going to break down. Uh, I- I'm not sure who has a, a hear me out, but. Ted or Brady better have a good one by the time we're ready. Uh, we're going to get into our owner's box, uh, fantasy football extravaganza with Ted and I, and how you can win some money. And we're going to pay it for you, too. Um, the outdoor, uh, Ryan's got, uh, that's me. We've got an idea for the launch of the next season and why it could be super, super, super awesome. And uh, I don't know. I'm sure we'll figure out some other stuff. So I guess without further ado, let's get into this. Ted. You broke the internet, or more importantly, Twitter, very recently. Um, you tweeted yeah, out. Yeah, that was like the most likes you ever had, wasn't it? I think I think it had nothing to do with me too, which is the funny part. <laughs> I checked out and like, what is going on? What's and you were working out with Big Tuna Jake Vertanen. No, I wasn't working out with with Big. Tuna. You what? No, that... he was in my gym working out. I wasn't working out with him. Oh. I was pretty clear about that too. I, yeah. I, there was, we weren't benching. There was no broing down happening. I just, I just walked in there and saw him, and he was working out, and he looked like he was in really good shape. Like better shape than you were expecting. Like okay, he was already a bigger dude than I thought he was okay. going to be. So he, he's kind of a mountain of a man, to be honest. I mean, he's what is he six two, something like that. He, he, he appeared. I think he, yeah, he appeared to be significantly taller than me. Uh, and I'm not a tall human being. I never got to that six foot marker that I really wanted to get to. But yeah, he looked like 225, but he didn't look like a soft 225. He was, he looked like he was in pretty good shape, and he had huge, huge legs. Like, what? easily the first thing you noticed. Was Tyler Myers there? No, Tyler Myers. And so I'm, I'm suspecting he got kicked out of the house. I, I don't think he got voted out of the house. No, I don't think he was evicted. I'm 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 just guessing that you know him and Myers weren't working out that day for whatever reason because Myers we know has his big personal gym, so that's he probably true. just went to go find another session. So that's probably a good sign if he's if he's got a day off from Myers, he's still finding his way to a gym, right? So he probably got a free pass. Like I went with you one time, and I I don't go to gyms, mm-hmm. so that one time I was like, hey, what does it cost? We're like, oh, it's your first time here, it's free. So maybe he knew like he was gonna get his free pass for you know his first time at that gym, and then he goes back to know to big techs uh for the rest of the week so that's clever like get a freebie to work out i mean jake that's a smart move man that's that's the kind of smarts you want to look for in a freshly re-signed guy that's about to prove people wrong like brady i, I would assume you agree with me on this 
Yeah, but more importantly, Ted, I got to know. Um, so obviously you're at the gym. Jake Furtanen's there. You know him. He knows. Know him. The, he probably knows the PP1 podcast. Oh, yeah. So uh, when can we be expecting him on the show? Yeah, there was none of that. I didn't. Uh, I think he came to that that janky gym that I go to because Brady, you've been there too. And the whole yep. point is, is that it's a big empty gym, and you can go work out with whatever you want to work out on. And there's no so wait, 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 wait. There's no nothing. He didn't like see all your latest like Twitter pictures and stuff. You working out and like come chase you down and try to work out with you? No, yeah. I, you know how it is. You know, you run up to, hey, bro, bro, bro. Do you need a, you need a spot? Do you need a spot, buddy? <laughs> can I help you? Can I help you? Oh, okay. You're just you're just wiping the machine down. Can I do that for you? Can I spot? No, there was none of that. I didn't. I wasn't bugging the guy. I wasn't creeping in on him. People were asking me if I like took photos and stuff of him. So don't def- do that. I ever. definitely did not take any photos of uh, of Vertanen. But you know, I was the guy's in good good shape. Yeah, big big strong good looking dude. Um, you know, I I don't know what he looked like before, but uh, I mean, he looked like a guy that looked like he was in good shape to go start the season. Pretty cut, ready to rock. Yeah, for sure, man. Ready to score. Was, he, wa- was he wearing his uh, worst crew ever hat or? He was not wearing a worst worst crew ever hat. I really Dude, wanted okay. to. See, there was a, and I don't know what. There was a Porsche parked outside, so maybe that was his Porsche. But he looked like he was, he was doing all right. He had the uh, he had the super short shorts on. Yeah. So I gotta ask, like in a place like Kelowna, like I don't know if you really took you know notice of this, but were you like the only guy that kind of noticed him there, or was was it obviously that obvious that Jake Vertanen was in the building? No, because there was a. There was a couple of peeps there that that I know that are all regulars there. They all kind of go around the same time, and none of them knew who he was. So there was probably, I'm oh, sure, okay. one or two guys in there that probably knew who he was. But I mean, I knew the second that I walked by him. That's so good. I, I, even cool. I, I told At least a couple you recognize guys that I was working out with. I was like, "Hey, that's Jake Furtanen," and they were like, "What's a Jake Furtanen?" Like, I was like, "Oh, he plays <laughs> for the Canucks." And he's like, "What's that? Is that football?" So those are the guys. And that then I you walked away from that guy. Yeah. Like, please stop. They probably have a better chance knowing who Shotgun Jake is rather Shit. than Jake Furtanen. There you go. So now, now we've put that to bed. We put that to rest. So Jake clearly in shape. One more thing to get excited about whenever hockey decides to come back. Yeah, funny thing too, because there's like you get a lot of weird reactions on on Twitter, right? You say a positive thing. Just saw Jake Furtanen in the gym. He looks really good. He's working really hard. Huge man. And then you get the doesn't matter what he looks like. He's got to prove it on the ice. <laughs> Like guy, <laughs> Still, read the room, man. Yeah, what's his hockey sense like? Yeah, like, no, I, I don't know. I didn't ask him how his hockey sense training yeah. was going. I just yeah. saw that he looked like he was in good shape. So there's like, it's like uh, this this weird like negative vibe that people get with Vertanen and and some other players, right? So with everyone, I think whether you like the guy or not like the guy, we all want to see him succeed, right? So I think the people who think he sucks want to be proved wrong and watch him pop thirty goals, right? I mean, I. We can probably agree on that. If if you're a Vertanen supporter, you want to watch him put it all together for a season. But there's definitely a weird, you know, group of people out there, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this, that are like, I want to be right. I think Vertanen sucks, and I want to be right. Like, what's why, what's the want for having a guy fail on on the team that you cheer for? I don't get that. I would I would even further that. It's lately it seems like almost everyone has to have the right opinion, and that you. It almost feels like it's virtue signaling season or something. Or you get canceled. Yeah. Like, everybody just seems like it has to be this way. You have to agree with how society is today on this one take. And whether it, obviously, we're 
been talking a ton of sports lately, whether like today was, you know, Todd Bertuzzi says if Joe Biden gets in, then he's coming back to Vancouver. Like, okay, great. Like we don't need to, we don't need to dedicate our entire day online. If you have nothing else to do to talk about Todd Bertuzzi, who I love, um, coming back to Vancouver, like, isn't that a bonus if he comes back to Vancouver? But even regardless, who cares? Who freaking cares? It's like, it doesn't mean anything. Who cares? Who cares? That's my two cents. Sorry. B, we're, we're privy to that information, right? When we when, when Bertuzzi says something like that. But, like, could you imagine if we knew all of our sports heroes' thoughts oh. when it comes to stuff like that? We would hate everybody for one reason I don't think we'd want to know. It would be crazy, right? I mean, and honestly, when, when Bert says something like that, like, I just honestly, I don't give a shit. Like, I... I just I just don't care right now, right? Like I'm I'm so many, I'm worried about just other things that are going on and, and the Bertuzzi thing is just like it's not even on my radar. He's not even a no. current Canuck anymore. Sure, he did some a lot of great things. He was a fun player to watch, but like I, I don't I don't I don't care. So so quick thing, Brady. Yeah. I, I, maybe we'll do a quick round and I'll start with you. Who who would be your and it's probably a Canuck, but maybe not. Who would be like your athlete that like you found out is like, I don't know, like they're, I mean, Canada, like we only have a couple parties and they all kind of suck. So like you found out that they were, I don't know, like for like, or against gun control or something like that. Like who would be your guy? Like, oh my goodness. Like all, all my thoughts have changed on this person instantly. Like, do See, you have I'm not guy? much of a politics guy. I mean, I like hockey players because they're good hockey players. So I mean, unless it's something really brutal, yeah. I'm probably, in my opinion, other guys probably not going to change very much. I don't know. What yeah. about you, Ted? I'm... Like, is there is this worth getting into? Like, is there a guy? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it's it's worth getting into. But yeah, I mean, it's hard to separate morals and opinions from your favorite hockey players and teams like that. Some people are able to do it. Some people are able to just see the sport and only cheer for the sport. But obviously you know, social views and morals and opinions transcend sports. So it's, it's tough not to, to bring that into it as well. So some people are able to separate it. Some people aren't able to separate it. So I, I get both sides of it for sure. But the question was what player or I, I, athlete, I guess, what player would I, would I turn the page on? Yeah. Well, well, my, my guy is Trevor Linden, right? So that would be like, if you found out he was, it would like, be soul crushing. It like would be so terrible. I mean, I remember when I was like, I must have been like 25 years old or whatever. And Trevor Lynn was there in a parking lot signing an autograph for a little kid. And it was like, Oh, you know, my wife is like, go, go say hi to him. Like he's right there. Like, just go say hi. And I was like, I don't want to go say hi. And she's like, well, why not? I'm like, well, what if he's an asshole? That'll wreck everything. <laughs> <laughs> what if he says no to me? No, I have him up on this huge pedestal. Yeah. I want to leave him there. You know what I mean? So I, I've had multiple opportunities to go just meet the guy, and I just don't want to because, like, what, what, what if he's not dope? Like, that would suck. He actually Fair is, enough, man. That was, like, when I met, you know, Olympic gold cool. medalist and WWE wrestler Kurt Angle. Oh. You know, the guy that broke – the guy that won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Yeah, I, I used to idolize that guy. And uh, I met him in, in Kelowna at the Grand Hotel. Complete asshole. Completely ruined how I thought about Kurt Angle. Anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I've heard some stories. So I, I uh, a guy that used to come to the store, um, him and his him and his kid. I, you know, uh, Matt Ferguson, a guy we've talked about on this podcast. I know Matt. Time. Uh, 
it's huge cool Mar- huge yes. Mark Messier fan. Oh, took boy. the time oh, no. took the time with his son to wait outside and meet Mark. Wow. And they have the card. And it's Mark Messier, Mark Messier, huge fan, like such a big fan. Can you sign the card? And he like looked at the card and looked at the kid and he's like, <laughs> yeah, right. And just like passed them by. Like th- there it is, like years and years and years of I love this <sighs> man. I've held him up on a pedestal Done. for him to do something like that and just pieced out. Todd Bertuzzi did the same thing to me when I was like, I don't know, I was like 20 years old or something like that. And it was like in a parking lot. He was intimidated. Hey, Todd, can I get a picture? And it was like, he just like was like, nah. And he walked away. And uh, Naslin and, and Damon Lanko were there. And Lanko was like, you know, a handshake and a, put me in a headlock and gave me a fake noogie. And like Marcus Naslin took the time to take the picture and was like, oh, we should go stand over here so like the sunlight doesn't wreck it and stuff. And, you know, there there was one guy who took the time with me and another guy who, who just did it. And it all happened in the same moment. So you just never know. I mean, we hold these guys up on a huge pedestal. It's probably impossible <coughs> to live up the expectations that we have for them. Um, and this counts on just regular things, and it counts all the way up to political views and social yeah. views. So it's, yeah. a, it's a sticky, slippery slope. I don't know. Is that can be? Can that be a thing? A sticky and slippery slope? I think it could. No. What's the slippery? I think you have to pick one or the okay. other. It's a slippery slope. It's How about a slippery. That? So funny thing about Trevor Linden, you brought him up as your guy. So same story practically, um, but the opposite. We were we went to Disneyland, uh, my wife and I. Uh, this would have been about I don't know eight years ago. And we're in LAX. We're getting our bags. And who is also waiting for his bags? Trevor freaking Linden. And I don't think he was with. He wasn't. uh, Yeah, he wasn't with the Canucks again yet. And I was like, oh, can can I go say hi to him? And my wife's like, no. So instead of me, (laughs) instead of you, you like getting, you know, pushed on by your wife. I was like, just leave him alone. I'm like, we're in L.A. And it's Trevor Linden. No one has any idea who this guy is. I think he had a bike with him or something. And I just thought, I'm like, I mean, I've met him before. He's a great guy. So he's a great guy, by the way. Yeah, I'll take your word for um, it. But I was, I was super, super distraught because my wife said, no, leave the man alone. And we were like, there's four people waiting for bags, and two of them were us. So it's not like he had anything else to do. Wasn't on a cell phone, nothing. Yeah. Like but to he be was, fair, if, if fair you game. didn't have Christine, you'd be in a bunch of sticky situations. So probably stick to her judgment. She not slippery right stick situations. Sticky situations. Sticky situations yeah, and off slippery slopes. That's probably pretty true. So. But hey, I got a Trevor Linden story myself. I'd have to double confirm it just to make sure. But I might have told this already. I'm pretty sure my dad put Trevor Linden in the back of a cop car once. No, I have not heard this story. Okay, well, you got to give some yeah. context to who your dad it's, is. You know, my dad. First of all, he's a police officer. We've talked, we've talked to him about it on, a, on the podcast before. Olympic a little curler. Bit. Um, good guy. Uh, he's a cop, curler, jack of all trades. Um, but I think if Way I'm remembering correctly, up. and I'll, I'll, I'll try to confirm this for next week, my dad may have put Trevor Linden in the back of a cop car one night. Like as a joke? Like I said, I'm gonna have to confirm with them. It's just okay, spoiler uh, alert. It's memory so I got in the back of my week. head, and uh, you know we're just gonna have to save the rest of that story for next week. Because this is news for me, and I'm not sure if I need to hear this. I think <laughs> if we post about it, we could get in a lot of trouble. So maybe yeah, let's wait on this. Maybe let's not let the cat out of the bag. If they're like, hopefully, hopefully it's got a a, a good ending to this. Because I would hate to find out that he's like a hardened criminal or something. <laughs> no, I don't even think he spent the night in jail or anything. It's just that doesn't <laughs> that superimposed. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, Jake Vertanen, we were talking about him possibly being a 30 goal guy. I can't speak for the guys that say, you know, they don't want to see him succeed. I can't speak for that. I want to see him score 30 goals. Um, do you guys think that Jake Vertanen would be capable of something like that? If he had a legit kind of look, maybe in the top six, but also on the top line with Pedersen, if he got a good 20 plus games to show he can, he can play there. Do you guys think he could maybe be a good 20, 30 goal scorer? Hundred percent, twenty, thirty, thirty is it's a tough number. That seems to be kind of the benchmark for a lot of great things. I mean, Brock Besser hasn't even scored thirty, yeah. to be fair, and we have pretty high expectations for Brock Besser. So if we're already saying that he could be in that same tier as Brock, I mean, hey, more the merrier. Let's take six of those guys. Um, do I think it's possible? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things that are possible. I think, you know, didn't Ryan Kessler score like 40 that season? So, I mean, Ryan Kessler wasn't exactly um, a sniper, if you will. Like, he scored goals, but not to that effect. So, yeah, I do think it's it's possible, and maybe it is. Now that we've seen it with uh, with Petey, it is, it is possible that he could be on a line like that and have the opportunity. Um, he's matured a little bit more. Clearly, he's bulking up. Hopefully, he's chiseled out as well. Um, you know, those things can affect your stride and, and a lot of different things. So, yeah, I think it's possible that he could do that. Um, I mean, 30, to me, that's a stretch. I would say in his career, it's entirely possible. I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon, probably not in the next three years, not on this contract anyway. Um, but again, the NHL is a, a funny thing. You know, we've seen a guy like Jonathan Chichu just absolutely tear it up out of nowhere. We've seen, uh, you know, there's Ottawa Senators that have done some damage. There's so many guys that just randomly come out of nowhere and just absolutely, you know, tear up the NHL. And a lot of people outside of, let's just say, Vancouver, British Columbia, have no idea who these guys are. I mean, we're following every single move. We're following the guy's workout routine. And everyone else, you know, half the NHL fan base has no idea who Jake Furtanen is unless, you know, he was on the highlights a lot. So for me, I would say it's possible, probably not anytime soon. Brady, what do you think, bud? I don't know. I look at I look at Vertanen last year, and he had 18 goals in, I believe, 68 games played. Um, and from what I remember, he didn't see much of the second unit power play until the latter half of the season. So given the fact that, you know, he didn't really have much power play time, uh, he was literally playing, you know, 12, 13 minutes a night. If you boost that up to, to first-line numbers and you play him with, with Pedersen, you give him full power play time, I could definitely see him knocking down at least 25 goals next year, but yeah, obviously he's got to be in the right, in the right position to do that. Got to be playing on the top line every night. He's got to be playing consistently. So, I mean, I think it's possible. It's just, can Jake for be consistent enough to stick on the top line? Yeah. And I, that's kind of been the knock with Jake is he's consistency, right? I think that's what everybody's been talking about <laughs> since he's been here. I think in a way I kind of look at it next year and I think, okay, if you got for on the top line, with Patterson and you got Besser on the second line with Horvat, who's scoring more goals, Vertanen or Besser? I wouldn't I wouldn't be too surprised if Vertanen ends up scoring more goals. Yeah, I mean I, well, I think that's a fair probably a fair argument to make. Yeah, well I mean Brock is Brock's had his issues over the last couple of years, whether it's whether it's health, whether it's you know uh, wrist, whether it's consistency um, whether it's being that person that's that's the trigger man on the spot, right? Because I mean, he's lost the trigger man role essentially to 
to, to, to PD on that first power play unit too, right? So do I think there's a scenario where Jake Vertanen can pop 30 goals? Like, yeah, Brady, absolutely, man. I think that there's 30-goal skill in that body for sure. I think he's already proven that, um, the fact that th- he has the skill and the ability to do that. Now, I agree with you. I think you're 100% right that it's going to come down to some some level of consistency for him and not just level of consistency in Jake's play, but level of consistency in is the coaching staff going to leave him there on a, on a premier scoring line through thick and thin, right? Are we going to see ebbs and flows where they're going to allow him to continue to work it out when things go to shit or when things are going well or when things are just going good, they're not going great. Uh, because I think you have to allow for some continuity to build, right? And I think Burroughs was probably a really good example of that, right? Where he was just a defensively responsible guy on a first line, but then also showed that he had the chops to score. And then that slowly got put together. And Burr was a bit of a streaky scorer too, right? So, yeah, I mean, do I think he, he can do things on this line for this line, like be a bit of a hound. He's such a wonderful skater. I mean, he's a big guy. He's physical without even trying to be physical, um, which I think that line, I mean, that's why we like Miller on that line so much too, mm-hmm. right? Totally. Um, so if you're going to add another guy like that, I think that can only help. Um, they're also paying him, so there's more incentive from the organization to want to play him through. Look no further than Louis Erickson on a guy who's getting time on a line who ne- doesn't necessarily deserve it, right? Um, you know, there's also... You know, there's also the fact that he's just a little, a little more developed, and not only are we paying him, and not only um, does he not necessarily deserve the chance, um, but like, <laughs> there's nobody else, right? I mean, well, let me let me ask you this: when you say there's nobody else, like you're talking, we're talking about Jake Vertanen, we're talking about consistency, and I mean, I know he's not always consistent in scoring points, but this guy I'm going to talk about. He's consistent in his effort. He puts 110% effort in every time he's out on the ice. What about Adam Gaudet in that we've, position? Yeah, we've Is he somebody that could you could see doing a better job than Jake Vertanen inside that top six? We've talked about Jake Vertanen and, 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 and the possibility that he could lose a spot on the wing to a guy like Adam Gaudet, but we don't know what this organization's plan is for, for Gaudet. We, we've, I don't know for sure, but I think that he would be a good fit on the wing. I don't know who fits in on that number t- number three spot for a number three center, and I don't like the idea of that being Sutter. I, I don't like the idea of it being Beagle. The center depth, when it comes to contributing scoring, looks like dog shit once you get past Bo, right? Um, because you don't play Goddard at enough minutes for him to really be impactful from an offensive standpoint either. So the best way to do that, Brady, like you said, is to move him up to a line. So Mm -hmm. if he gets a chance on a line, yeah, I I like that idea for sure. Um, (coughs) But one guy does have a bit more of a resume scoring goals, and that's probably a Jake Vertanen. And he can also help you out on your power play. Six power play goals last year, nine points. Um, So he's proven that he can score with time and space. Um, but I don't think there's any real solutions that have more of a resume than Jake Vertanen on this roster right now uh, on the wing. So I kind of want to add that. And I had a, a really cool, cool, like buzz headline that you could do We're, we've been talking about finding, I think we've been talking about this. Everybody's been talking about this for a while, like finding Bo a winger. So, we everybody's you know we're all fed up with little things Louie, and even though he's kind of your what do you call it like the zero he's just zero event zero event playing 
Like we talk about little things, Louie, but what about like big time Bo? Like when are we going to get a guy to flank him on the wing that can actually, you know, compliment Bo and can, you know, probably bang a little bit on the boards, take a pass, be able to, you know, give and go. This is when I want to see, and he's not going to get a full season out of this, but I would love to see um, this guy basically get called up and get an audition as a scoring winger um clone a rocket himself cole lind i i know that is an absolute stretch because you just don't see guys just magically come up and get those kind of opportunities but i mean if jim benning thinks that his you know call-ups are essentially going to be um, the new replacement players and are going to be taking over spots you have to put your money where your mouth is and you have to give a guy like cole Lind, whether it's on bow's line or not I mean, maybe it's on Adam Gaudet's line, but you have to be able to put those scoring guys in, in positions to score and not on a fourth line like we're so accustomed to seeing on not only the Canucks, like when Bo started, um, but on so many other teams. Like, there are guys that can score. And no, they haven't been brought up at all or in a long enough period to find those things out. If there's going to be a preseason, I think they need to give the young guys that are hopefully going to crack this squad as much of an opportunity um, to be in those scoring roles, whether it is a Lind or a Hoglander or both, or, um, you know, McEwen, who's probably not going to be up that high. But I, I would like to see this, this new, this basically this off year, you know, where there's this flat cap and they really have to be tight with their money. If they're not going to go after a guy like Hoffman, then they have to promote within and they have to be serious about promoting within and give those young guys a chance. And I mean, Coland, he's talked about it on, on another podcast and he's basically said like, I'm ready to make that next step. And he already took that next step um, last season after that was the second pro year, I believe. And you mm-hmm. know, nothing but positive things. So is this game going to be polished to the point where, you know, he's a perfect in each other? No. But there's a lot of guys that it's going to take a long time for that to happen. I mean, is Jake a polished player yet? No, but they're still keeping him around. So I think there's promise for a guy like Colin. We clearly know what he's capable of, definitely at the junior level. And he had a, a pretty impressive year with the Comets last season. I know, Ted, you're kind of looking up the stats there. Um, you know, 44 points, 61 games. Yeah, I mean, that's like, not that's not terrible. He had 14 no. goals, quite quite a turnaround year for you know what we saw in his rookie season. So imagine him playing, and again, this is a, a dream scenario. But imagine him getting an opportunity for you know five to ten games to see what happens with a guy like Bo or with Adam Gaudet. Are you saying that there's absolutely no possibility that that couldn't work? He's one example, but I think we all believe that Louis Erickson is. He's not going to necessarily be in the lineup, but or or sorry, he's not going to be sent down, but um, most likely isn't going to be in the lineup. He's going to be a healthy scratch, probably a lot of nights like he was last season. So, you know, let's start seeing these guys come up. I mean, it it can't hurt them anymore. If we believe they're not going to make the playoffs, they might as well try to make it and fail instead of, you know, look like they're going to fail right out of the gate. What do you guys think? Yeah, like- I'm going to breathe now. Cole Lind is a, is a second-round draft pick. Um, we're heading into year three of development. These are generally around the times that these players start making noise. 
Last year seemed like more of a developmental year than the year prior, which seemed like a bit of a write-off. I think mm-hmm. probably we can all agree on that. We were all expecting a little more from, from Cole Linden in his first year. Yeah, there were definitely issues with um, injuries. Uh, there was a lot of question marks about that coaching staff and how um, young players were being deployed. Uh, so we've we've talked about a lot of that stuff before as well. But we all, like, the three of us know what Colvin can do because we've watched him play night in and night out, right? So, yeah, we see his 44 points in Utica last year, and we're positive and we're optimistic about that. 14 goals. But we also saw, you know, a 40-goal, sorry, 39-goal score and 96 points in, in Kelowna his final year, right? Just missed out on making the cut in Team Canada that year too. And that was a great... Uh, I would love to have him year, on the podcast so to talk about that year. Yeah, that would be that would be so great. Like, I think... What's important is that his time in Utah, he spent some time playing big, important minutes for that squad. He even moved to center for a bunch of time too, him and and, and um, Lucas Yasik. So there, uh, there is a player that's a smart, heady player. I think that's the kind of player that Bo needs for sure. I think they would play really well off each other. And obviously, we're hoping for a second-round draft pick to, to jump up and, and contribute to this team too. For sure. I think you can't... Um, you can't not want something like that to happen. And guys have jumped up out of nowhere to, to play and contribute on this squad too, right? I mean, look at Alex Burrows again. We're going to just throw that name out there, right? And nobody was expecting a guy like Yannick Hansen to make the team as a seventh-round draft pick. So things do happen. And you can even throw Adam Gaudet into that as a fifth-round draft pick who's on the squad commi- c- contributing right now. Um, I will say, and maybe I'll use this as a bit of a hear-me-out, maybe Sven Berchi's time in Vancouver is not done. Um, wouldn't that be something yeah wouldn't that be something it would be an absolute complete turn of events because he's got to show value to the rest of the league if he wants to find his way onto another roster you can't trade a contract like that right now because it's a lot of money but if we go back guys like brock bo and sven did have some serious chemistry together in these early years before pd arrived so i'm just gonna throw it out there and, and, and this is a this is a hear me out maybe there is an opportunity for Sven Berchi to be to redeem himself somewhat and maybe survive on a second line because the squad could use a, a, an actual NHL player, which we still believe Berchi is, just maybe not at the cost he's making. And maybe that spot's his. Who knows? Weirder things have happened. So is that your official hear me Honestly, Maybe that's my I hear me love- out. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? I would love to see it. I would love to see Sven Berchi back in a Canucks uniform playing games, but I mean... He said no to camp. He said no to the bubble. I just, I don't know if I see it happening. I mean, I guess he doesn't really have another choice if he wants to play in the NHL next year. So is he going to come to camp or not? That's a big decision. I mean, if he doesn't, what happens with his career after that? If he doesn't play in the NHL, he just decides not to play. I don't know what happens next. So it'll be interesting to see if he does come to camp. I'm not sure. I'm really not. He's at a bit of a crossroads, B. I think you called it, man. Something's got to give, right? I yeah, think I would love to, I would love to see him come back and, and play well. He, you know, he's a good player. He, he didn't deserve what happened to him. So, I mean, hopefully we see a, a good story come out of this. Isn't this nuts, though? We're talking about a guy who essentially lost his job to injury, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he, he fell out of favor due to some serious concussion issues. Yeah. And now we're talking about Ferlin wants to play. 
and this is a guy that has serious concussion issues. And by all accounts, it sounds like the Canucks are pretty welcoming to have him back. So mm-hmm. there's a, there's another roster thing that has to be sorted out at some point too, because it's going to take some some serious time, I think, for everybody to be okay with what Furland State is at. But we're letting a guy toil in the minors just a year before who had the same concussion issues and and who knows what kind of player this is now. So I think that is, I love your hear me out and I support that. But again, like I was saying, that is a promote within, right? I mean, technically he's, he's still on the Canucks. It's not like he's somewhere else and they're bringing him in. Maybe this is a, we both need each other for different reasons. Sven Berchi says, Vancouver, (laughs) I need you to to boost my stock to get out of here. And the Canucks need him because they ain't got nobody. So that's that's not a terrible idea. That's not wacky in the sense. Like, yes, there's chemistry there. I think there's going to have to be uh, some bridges rebuilt for that to happen. Um, definitely a lot of uh, a lot of construction work on on those bridges. But I, it's it's not ridiculous. It's not out of the question that something like that could happen. And maybe they need a mediator. Maybe maybe they need like Bo and Brock to come in. And like plead their case via like a, an arb hearing or something like, listen, these are the numbers. We like this guy. You may have moved on, but we need him. It's like a very mighty ducks kind of, you know, scenario where they go into the, the office. Let's go shake their hands. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, speak, speaking of. Post- I don't know about you guys, but this sounds like the beginning of a very good feel good story. You know what I mean? Hey. Like some crazy shit has happened on this squad, and, and I would not put it past this management group to, yeah. let, to let something like this happen. So speaking of coaching, um, Brady, you just wrote about this. Um, they need to re-sign Travis Green and ca- flat cap, COVID, whatever you want to call it. None of those things should matter right now. They need, especially considering he doesn't he doesn't count against the cap, so. The Canucks need to be serious about what they have because they either would like to continue to build this team with Travis Green, a coach that has somehow gotten the most out of nothing, or yeah, like really, has. there's an on countless situations, <laughs> or, or they, I mean, he's not going to go into this final season and be like, uh, like a show me deal, like he has one year left on on his deal, but like you have to lock in Travis Green and you have to get it done. Because if you don't, like, you know, I heard a few jokes like, maybe you'll go to Calgary. I mean, not necessarily that team, but you know how many teams would be lining up for Travis Green after what he's pulled in the last four seasons? From what he did in Utica all the way up to Vancouver and what he's been able um, to accomplish on this team. They have to get him signed. He is as crucial. Um, he's as crucial, at not necessarily as, like, you know, the PDs and the Quins of the world, but... If you don't have a coach that can get the most out of a team that doesn't have a lot to work with, um, you know, who, who's the next guy up? Who who's the next guy? Is it Trent Call going to run the Vancouver Canucks? No, it's not going to happen. So, like Brady, what are you hearing out there? Are you hearing anything around BCIT around the pod or you know or the quad or what? What do they call it? Safe Where, six, maybe. Yeah, like in your safe no, six. No, we're not even really going to school, but uh, no. I don't know. What I'm hearing is I think I agree with you, man. Um, they got to lock up Travis Green. Um, me personally, I wasn't really a big fan of, you know, after after Desjardins, you know, going with an AHL coach. I wasn't too happy about that. But from what I've seen from Green over his, his I think he's done three seasons with it now, coming up on his fourth with the Canucks. You know, he's, he's taken some strides with the team and, 
I think for the most part, the team and the guys that play for him who've played with him in Utica, who are now playing with him in Vancouver, they, you know, they have each other's backs and they believe in each other. And I think that's, that's an important piece of this team. I think last year we saw just how much a team bond is, how important it is. I think the Canucks had that. And I think Green plays a big part in that as well. Um, you know, he's got a, he has a successful team and I think it'd be pretty foolish for them not to re-sign him or at least, you know, get into some negotiations and try to get something done. I know dollars are, are tight with COVID, but they have to do what they can to try to, to sign him to a new deal. I mean, I think what we've seen with, you know, the Tom Brady and Bill Belichick thing is, you know, the, what a player can do is obviously more than what a coach can do, but, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that Travis Green, you know, he can't help Pedersen on this team and, you know, vice versa. These are real dollars, though. Like like I said, COVID and everything else aside, this is real money. This is money that the Aquilinis need to pony up and realize, like, if you guys are spending to the cap, you need to spend on the guys that are going to, you know, going to make you successful. And, I mean, they signed Jake Vertanen first. What does that tell you? Like you gotta get, you have to get your coach signed. Like, imagine like the outrage if you know the way AV was going. If they would be like, I don't know, we're gonna go and make sure that Mason Raymond is locked up first. No, it doesn't work that way. Ted, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I mean, even if you don't believe, if you're, if you're, uh, if if you're this ownership group, even if you don't believe in 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 Green. You still have to you still have to lock him up, right? Like, look at them, you know, going out and signing Torts to a three-year deal and then firing him shortly thereafter, right? I mean, you have to you have to go out there and secure your coach, right? So, if your if your coach is is going to be part of the solution, he's going to want some security. So you got to pay him in security, even if you don't think that his job is secure. Like, that's just the way it works, right? They want a contract before they're going to continue on. Um, it also puts you in a big pickle if you decide to let him finish out his season. And, and it's a great season. I mean, he has now the ability to walk and go wherever he wants, right? But that trickles down, right? The players want to know that there's continuity. The players want to know that there's consistency. And Green has been there for a while now. And there is a level of continuity and consistency with this this this, this top tier of players, right? And yeah. and even so with the bottom tier players. So the last couple of years, I, I wasn't a hundred percent sold on Green. I thought that there was I I wish that he made it adjustments a little bit sooner. I wish that more attention was being paid to developing your rookies, aside from the ones that we know are gonna make it, like the Quins and the PDs of the world. Like you don't develop those guys. Those guys are dope. It doesn't matter what you did. They were going to be dope, right? Yeah, they're going to be good anywhere. Right. So, but I wanted to see. I wanted to see more, <laughs> more emphasis on developing some of your younger players and putting them into positions to succeed. I think too much time, and even still to this this last plant, too much time has been spent on, on forcing guys like the Ericsons and the Sutters and the Beagles into your lineup. And I know that a lot of that has to do with management and and what he's put in front of him for uh, a roster mm. uh, look at Vino when he put that defensive squad together in his first season right yeah so um I think that this past year has proven a lot to me that he he is better he's he started to make more adjustments he Brady just wait Brady might need the Heimlich he's looking like he's struggling over there choking on his water he might he's trying not to laugh which also in turn could kill him so we'll just let him do I think thing. he's in, I think he's improved as a coach specifically over this last year although I do think more care and more um, more openness 
to to putting players in a position to succeed that are part of the developmental plan versus using older players just because they're vets and you trust them. Also, I don't know what the big deal is with absolutely being 100% committed to this left-hand, left-shot, right-shot defenseman combo. Like, I think he's got... I mean, you can't always construct a roster based on that, and that is nice to have, but you gotta you got to be malleable a little bit, have some openness to it. So all in all, I think Green is part of the solution, and, and I think definitely a guy like that does need to be locked up or at least shown faith with the rest of the players and management that, that he is part of the plan moving forward, even if management doesn't think he is. You just touched my shoulder. That's like inside six feet. Sorry, bro. It's all right. It's fine. Brady? Um... You can even just nod. That you don't. You don't have to talk yet. Are you okay? That was a struggle over there. So that was. I'm going on my so rant, right, and I see him take a swig of his water, and then I see him nearly die. <laughs> In the I dungeon. I hit that mute button pretty quick. I hope I was quick on the draw there. Yeah, he that was, was a cop attack. And a half. He has like thrown himself against the wall in his in his condo or apartment or whatever, like trying to like get whatever. Did you like <sighs> some food in there? Like, did you have some bad like pad thai or just, what's up? It was just phlegm. It was, it was just wrong phlegm. tube. It was sometimes when you drink water, it just. No, honestly, work. I think it was just water down the wrong tube, man. <laughs> okay. Still, you know, <laughs> you still know what? There. That's yeah. fine. If you need to to you know go get that fixed or whatever, we're, we'll allow for it. Um, all right. So we're all in agreement that uh, T Rav needs to get uh, ink to paper ASAP. Yeah, figured out. Okay. Um, yeah, they got They got They got to ink the T Rav. You're right. See, we're cool. We're hip. We're hip. Just couple, <laughs> cup, couple of dads and and a and a pre pre thirty ish over there. Yeah, let me get my job. It's almost head. as good as B Rad. B Rad. That works too. The B the B Radian one. The B Radian. As my brother would call me, yeah. You guys are fucking killing it right now. Yeah, yeah. I love this. This 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 <laughs> is fire. this is where if anyone's listening right now on maybe you're you're driving around <laughs> town or you're on Skytrain, you're like, nope, I'm gonna go listen to literally anything else. Like maybe there's something on AM eleven thirty. Um I, I doubt it. So I've got an idea. So the NHL has to come back at some point. And they said there's not gonna be bubbles which there probably will be to start. Um, we all want the NHL to come back, and it's going to be around probably January. It's what it sounds like, right? So they've canceled or postponed the outdoor game. They've postponed the all-star game, and especially in a season like this, like we don't need those. Um, we barely need them anyway. We barely need them anyway. So here is my idea, and I think it rocks so much, and I know you guys are going to agree, and it's very boisterous, and it's electric, just like myself. What if they did a weekend like no other? Opening weekend, NHL. Are we freezing the pond in your backyard again? Um, well, I have never done that. I've always wanted to. So maybe this year. Maybe this is my year, Brady, that I have a backyard rink. Because, I mean, it's COVID and I can't really go to the actual rink. So <coughs> here's what we're going to do. It's either all going to be at one stadium like um, Skydome slash Rogers Center. And you have everybody... Retro jerseys, so they're talking about the reverse retros, I guess is the big the big term in the jersey world right now. So everyone, every single team, they all have reverse retros on or uh, re whatever they want to do. Dallas will probably bring their um, um, laser tag jerseys to the game. Um, the Utica Comet jerseys. The Utica Comet jerseys, yeah, no comment. Um, everybody plays one game on the weekend. So you've got all 30 teams, because they're not 31 yet. You, or is it 31 now? Yeah, it is 31. I take that back. I'm sorry, folks. Um, everybody plays 
on that weekend. It'd be kind of cool if they were able to do it in one stadium. Two would be kind of cool if you could spread it out maybe a little bit. And you have everybody play in this outdoor weekend, essentially. One game, there's games from 9 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night. Two days, everybody gets a thing. Massive coverage. The NHL is the center. And this would probably have to happen before Super Bowl. And in Toronto, I'm sure there'd be snow there, so which would be super awesome. You get bands in there. You get fireworks. You get your retro jerseys. Your merchandise goes through the roof. And I've worked in this industry, as both of you have. And we all know winter classic stuff sells, especially when it comes to you know local markets, especially Canadian markets, Canucks, Habs, Toronto, even Ottawa. I'm sure they'd make something fun. The Jets, like everybody gets cool for one weekend. You get all the cool throwback swag for all the coaches and everything, and you make it the biggest freaking thing the NHL has done. You still get your outdoor weekend. We will be sick of it by the time Monday morning rolls around, but everybody gets their piece of the pie, even the Arizonas, even the LAs, even the Floridas. Everyone gets the outdoor weekend to open up the league, and then they can all go back to normal, and we play out the rest of the season. Brady, you get first dibs on this. How awesome is my idea? On a scale of 1 to 10, or 1 to cough, what is it? It's like, ah, uh, and a whole lot more, you know? Like, not just some. It's like, ah, uh, and a ton, you know? Like, it's a ton. A ton. It's a ton. I love it. Yeah. So you're in on this. I am 1,000% in on your awesome idea. Lovely. See, this is this is the one time I don't want to see a debate. <laughs> I hope everyone agrees with this. Ted, what do you think? Yeah, like logistically, I have no idea how this happens, but I mean, they made it happen for half the league essentially with the playoffs. So yeah, it is possible. I mean, yeah. How dope would it be to see 31 brand new jerseys? I mean, I, we're all jersey fiends to a certain extent, right? Yeah. That that drives, that helps drive the industry that, that keeps places open. I mean, it's why the Oregon Ducks have a different jersey every oh. single week, right? I mean, I Keep would be, talking. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm floored. I'd be all over seeing something. Like, it's, what a spectacle. I don't think there's enough spectacles in the NHL. Uh, and I think that there's opportunities for them to do something like this. And the Winter Classic jerseys that have come out the last few years have been dope, 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 dope. But uh, to, see, to see 31 teams have 31 brand new jerseys, uh, as long as the Canuck ones are dope, I would be 100% on board for seeing something like this. And I think that would be a great way to spend a, a Christmas, New Year's, whatever, to see however they're going to run out a winter classic like this. But that would be that'd be super rad. And you get, like, it, it all happens. It's all done. And it's over with. And like I said, I know we will all be sick. Like, okay, another outdoor game. But it's that level playing field. Because you know the ice is not going to be perfect. Everybody's going to have something to complain about. But that's okay. For one weekend, this is the only thing. It's the biggest thing going on in sport. Americans love the Winter Classic. They love, again, whether there's fans in there or not, the the merchandise and the TV and everything else, like, make it so that everybody wants to watch this thing. And whether you're outside on the concourse, social distance at that point, I'm sure. Maybe we'll all be locked down and we're not going to have a choice to watch this for all a whole yeah. weekend. Who knows? But I know in Ontario, on me. yeah, in Ontario, they get a ton of snow. And I don't care where this happens. It preferably would probably be in Canada because our numbers are a little bit better. And maybe not in Ontario, but who knows? <laughs> I mean, again, if you edit it, I hate to say it, but even if it was at like Commonwealth in Edmonton, like as long as there's a proper stadium to do this, 
I think this is an absolute, absolute <coughs> success. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I think the NFL's done a really good job. The color rush jerseys come to mind. You yeah. know, the, the mustard, ketchup and mustard game, right? The, yeah. The, 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 the red and yellow jerseys. I, th- I think it would be a bit of a spectacle, and I don't think the NFL takes advantage enough of, of uh, a vast amount of logos and some exciting new jerseys. Yeah, I mean, there there are. There are so many opportunities, even Vegas. I mean, this is definitely something that um, would have to be a little bit on a whim because I'm sure, as we know, you know, all these jerseys kind of get ordered in like February, January, February. So this would kind of be an on-the-fly thing. So logistically, as far as getting these things into production – that may be a little bit, you know, sticky or slippery, as you're saying. Yeah, that's right. Sticklery, stick, slip, slip, slickery. You're doing great. Yeah, I'm, I'm a master of words. Slippy, so, slappy, so Samsonite. I was way off. Lovely. We could go for hours on that. I think we're getting pretty close to wrapping it up. So I do want to get into our little dealie that we're going to try to finalize. Owner's box. Mm-hmm. is taking care of us. They are sponsoring the podcast for the next few months. So uh, we want to return the love and uh, obviously get some brand awareness for them as well. And what better way than to give away some money, play some fantasy football, and then eventually take all your money, hopefully. That would be my goal, um, <coughs> to do this on their uh, their weekly fantasy sports. So um, I haven't created the league yet. We still need to get four more people uh, entering this. So please, please, please sign up to Owner's Box let me know, send me a DM or whatever so we can get this going. I would like to be doing this for Sunday, so hopefully we can draft on like Saturday. Um, just like your regular fantasy draft that you do in any league that you've been a part of, hockey, football, baseball, whatever, it's all the same setup. There's waivers afterwards, so don't freak out if you know someone gets injured or they're on a bye week. It's okay. Um, you accidentally draft Kittle, it's no big deal. Yeah, don't do that. I'm sure you won't be able to, so it's fine. So anyway, sign up on that. We are going to give you, if you if we pick you, you're going to get 10 bucks, which I know is not a lot of money. We're going to pull it all in. And I'm, I haven't seen how the structuring works, if they like up the stakes or whatever it is. Um, but at the very least, I believe you're probably going to be walking away with, you know, close to 50 bucks. Um, it's a two-week thing, so I think they, they hand out money on the first week, and then the you know the top guys play for the championship the following week, and I can't remember how it works for other tiers. But you want to get involved on this, people. This is an awesome, awesome app. If you played on um, the duels and the kings of the world, um, this is right up there. It's a Canadian company, um, and they're going to blow up. So get in early because we've been telling you about this now. A year from now, you're going to think, I can't believe I had an opportunity to get in on something like this so early and be part of something cool. So um, I'm looking forward to owning you. Um, in yeah, the not going to happen. It, it entirely will. I don't care what it says on Twitter. That is going to happen. I'm due. Yeah, it, due. it's a good opportunity for you to, to sign up and put the screws to Ryan and I in a fantasy league, really. It feels good. And I don't mind losing, folks. If you looked at all my records... Uh, I haven't had a good year so far. It's It's been rough, to say the least. But I do have the claim of beating Roberto Luongo twice in his league. Yeah, playing in the Roberto Luongo league was pretty cool. That is my claim to fame. So I waxed them both times. Didn't win the league, but I waxed them. So anyway, please, please, please sign up. We want to make this fun. Um, and if it goes well, uh, maybe we can do another one in like a month or two. If we can maybe make it a monthly thing, that'd be awesome. Um, it's something to do people. Um, and we're willing to throw some money into the, into the pool and, and make it fun. So, um, that is my, my call to action, if you will. Um, Chokey over there, how you doing? 
That's my new nickname, Chokey. Yeah, Chokey. love that. Love that nickname. Chokey. Chokey um, I don't know, man. Closing thoughts. Uh, it's just kind of weird. I think we had we had, we had the fallbacks on the clocks uh, just happen. What a godsend. Um, I've been totally out of it for some reason ever since. And but the weirdest thing about this time of year in 2020 is it's it's November now. And when the sun goes down now at like what four fifty five, yeah, in the pretty specific, but yeah, you know, there's no hockey to watch to kind of get you through the night, and there really isn't that much new for movies because you know the all the production stopped for a little while. There really isn't much to do, so you got to find uh, ways to entertain yourself. So what have you? I mean, quick question: What have you been doing? <laughs> not honestly, not much. Uh, had the super bed set up the other night in the living room. That's uh, it's pretty much just a bed in a living room. We call it super bed. Huh. Super. You know, you lounge, you lounge out, watch movies all day. It's kind of a weekend thing. Do you, you put really a cape on lazy. it? Do you do you put a cape on the bed? You could. I mean, then if you wanted super, to. And a mask. Hey, whatever bed. you're into, man. I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We play dress up, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> anyway, there's, there's... Yeah, that's where I'm at. I miss sports. I miss hockey. Um, just want the season to be back. Yeah, yeah, and if you got the if you got the sad the the seasonal affective disorder, if you if you got that, then set up a super bed. I think that's cool. I like it. Yeah, man, super beds all the way. Super beds for the win. Super bed for the win. I'm gonna give it a try. You know what? I I could put a super bed down here. Not while you're here, but I could do that. I have the the capabilities. <laughs> This got so weird really, really quickly. It's only weird if you make it weird, Ryan. So anyway, peeps, um, this has been an absolutely fun one. Uh, you know, go vote if you're an American listening to us. If you're in Brazil, uh, make sure to get those listens in. Taiwan, Chile, um, all the places that aren't Canada. Please make sure to have a listen to us. We really appreciate it. Um, Ted, any final words? No, man. I... I uh... I, I think I'm good. I, this was a this was a fun week, Brady. You called it on the uh, on the fallback a little bit. There's a potential to feel a little bit down. So whatever it is, make sure that you're just staying in in contact with uh, your friends and and your families, and you're out there talking to people because this is a weird time of year. And if things start to go into lockdown again, with it just being fall, you just never know, right? So just uh, just be good to each other, be kind to each other, and make sure you're staying in touch. I love it. On that note, I'm Ryan. We got Ted and Brady. This is the PP1 Podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week. Peace out. Peace. Hey, it's Joel Williamson, host of That Nerd Dad Podcast. Look, finding time for yourself is an important part of parenting. It allows us to be the best version of ourselves for our kids. So tune in every week to talk about parenting, pop culture, and politics. Whether you're an exhausted parent looking for a laugh or a stone teenager who clicked on this by mistake, this is the podcast for you. You can find me on Spotify, Apple, Google, the Dean Blundell Network, or at thatnerddad.ca. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.